What's going on, family? Pastor Sergio Chavez reporting live and direct to you and yours. And listen, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in to My Hope Center podcast, your place for motivation, hope, and empowerment. It's so interesting that what the Lord wanted us to get right, if there was anything that we needed to get right, was this, that we are to love him with our soul, with our minds, with our hearts, and that we are to love people. It's amazing to know that the thing, he said in the the book of John chapter 13, the thing that would distinguish believers from other sects, religious groups, occults, belief systems, from the world, what would separate the body of believers was not how much they prayed. Although prayer is vital, we just had a whole series, so you know how serious we take prayer. What would distinguish them, he didn't say fasting was the thing that would distinguish us, although fasting is vital. In fact, he didn't say your knowledge of of the word. Although I just, you you heard me mention how powerful the word is. He said the thing that would distinguish us is that we love one another. And the Bible says, by this all men will know that you are my disciples. Because check this out, you can pray all day and night and speak in tongues but still cuss people out. In English too, and in Spanish. And some people know other languages. I wish I had some people that would keep it real. You can come to church all your life, 10, 20, 30 years, come to Hope Center Sunday after Sunday, and still be the same person, still live disgruntled, upset, with unforgiveness in your heart, with resentment, with bitterness, without joy. You can live that way. But the thing that will call people's attention, the thing that will make unbelievers and other religious groups look at each other and talk amongst one another and say, you know what, there's something happening there. There is something different. It's the way that we love one another. It's so powerful because the greatest, get get this, get this, there were over 600 laws and commandments in the Old Testament. And God's people were required to live by 613 commandments. Now you know we couldn't keep 613 commandments. So that's why Jesus said, I have not come to destroy the law, I've come to fulfill the law. So he summed it up in what he did in his sacrifice. He said, let me sum up all 600 some commandments and law. Let me sum it up like this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. You'll fulfill all 600 some of them when you do those two things. Because if you love the Lord God with all your heart, your mind, and your strength, and you love, then, 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 then you won't hurt your neighbor. Then you won't look to step on your neighbor. You won't look to backbite and betray your neighbor. When you love God with everything that's inside of you, you're always looking for the good. You're always looking, how can I help? How can I pray? How can I serve? How can I, what can I do to be a blessing? What can I do to encourage someone? What can I do to express the love of God because he's poured it inside of my heart? What can I do to love and extend that same grace to someone else? He said, you'll fulfill all of these when you just get these two things right. It's so amazing. If there's one thing that Jesus said, he's like, he, he said, he said, he said, Hope Center, catch this. 
If there's anything you can catch, catch these things. Love the Lord God with your mind, with your heart, with your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. He said, love the Lord God with everything else. He said, and love one another, and love each other. And you see this constant reminder in the scripture. As in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 14, it says, do everything in love. 1 Peter chapter uh, uh, 5, verse 4, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. And 1 John chapter 3, verse 11, it says, this is the message you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 18, the Bible says, dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and truth. Love is about action. Love is not simply words. Love is not simply thoughts. Love is not, you know people, they'll say, they know I love them. But if there is no action attached to it, that's not real love. You may have affection. You may have sentiments. You may regard someone. But true love will always lead you to action. True love will always lead you to make a sacrifice. True love, it went, uh, can I t- t- talk to some people that have been in love before? Real love. I'm talking about, I, 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 I'm talking about real love. I'm searching for, only me and you know what we're do, what, what's happening right there. Everybody's like, what is, and what in the world? Don't even worry about it. Don't even worry about it. So me, uh, I'm talking about the real thing. When you've, when you've been in true love, when you're in love, you will make a sacrifice. When you are truly in love, you will do everything and anything to serve that person that you love. Despite your feelings, despite how tired you are, despite what you, what you think in that moment, it's all about what can I do to, to show the person that I love them. That's why the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave because true love is about giving. So if you are in a relationship, in a friendship, where you are the only one given, and that person you're in a friendship or relationship with, it's talking about, but you know I love you, but they don't reciprocate it. That's not real love. <laughs> but you know I'm not affectionate. Devil is a liar. But you know I didn't grow up like that devil is a liar just because you didn't grow up that way doesn't mean that you can't make a change and be the one to change the dynamics just because you you were raised that way doesn't mean that you have to stay that way true love says I don't care how I was raised I'm gonna show that I love this person oh, I'm talking good right now pastor Ruiz I'm talking good right now so, so, so during the series, we're not only going to talk because we're talking about relationships this series, but before you, you, you close your ears and like, oh, I'm tired of you already did the talk with Pastor Fran and I already broke up with my, man, you, here we go again. <laughs> you already made me argue because we, <laughs> before you, you do that, I want you to know that this is deeper than romantic relationships. We're going to talk about friendships. We're going to talk about business partnerships and associates. We're going to talk about we're going to talk about family dynamics. We're going to talk about relationships as a whole because here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you don't get this th- these things right, love the Lord God with your mind, with your heart, with your strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Just as I have loved you, love one another by this all men will know that you might as- If you can't get that, your relationships will suffer. 
You can fight, you can argue, you can, you can do whatever you want till you're blue in the face, but your relationships will suffer if you don't get this thing right. That's why I love the Lord Jesus. That's why he gave us a blueprint. He gave us instruction so that our relationships will not suffer, but that we will see abundant abundance, we will see blessing, we will see growth, we will see our relationships pleasing the Lord. That's why he gives us instructions, because otherwise, check this out, and I hope if my, my 10, I, I feel like I only got three today, but, 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 but for, my, for my three, right? If you don't heal what or who hurt you, you will bleed on people that didn't cut you. If you can't get this thing right, you will step into a new relationship and you still bring it up. I'm this way because of what happened to me before. I'm not a good friend because everybody else betrayed. If you don't heal or allow the Lord to heal you, you will bleed on people that never cut you. And here you are. People have placed friendships. He's put you in a church with beautiful, wonderful people that are a blessing. And here you are self-sabotaging those relationships. Because if you don't heal, then you will bleed on people that never cut you. So what I want us to, to really dig into, and I only have but a few minutes, what I want, you, what I want to get into is how to, how to have a true biblical view of this. Watch this. It's hard for you to love somebody when you don't love yourself. It's hard for you to honor people when you don't honor yourself. It's hard to, for you to uplift other people when all you do is put yourself down. It's hard for you. That's why when you're at the airport, right, and you step on the plane, and then they're giving the instructions right around the time when you see the flight attendant, they're getting ready to give the instructions or play the video. That's when you start putting on your AirPods and your headphones. You're like, man, I don't want to hear this. <laughs> but here's what's powerful. What's powerful is, at least for the parents in the house, you, you know that even though you're trying to ignore the instructions, they'll come up to you as a parent. They'll tap you. <laughs> I'm like, oh my goodness, sometimes I'm half asleep trying to take a nap, and the flight attendant, excuse me, they're like, before you put the oxygen mask on someone else, before you put it on your child, you got to put it on yourself. Because it's hard for you to give life to somebody when you're taking life away from yourself. That's why as a parent, it's absolutely vital that you heal so that what you pass on is generational blessings instead of generational curses. Because if not, you will instill fears. You will instill pain and trauma and dynamics onto those that are connected to you unnecessarily. But thank God for Jesus. Because he shed blood. He went through pain. He suffered trauma. He went, through, he went through a bitter experience of being in the cross so that you and I would not have to live bearing our own sins, living with guilt, shame, and condemnation, living, living a life that is helpless and without hope. But he gave his life so that you and I may live an abundant life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So watch this. The Bible says, love your neighbor as, <laughs> that's interesting, love your neighbor as yourself. Now, I know that there are different ways to view this, right? There are different ways to view this. You have 
Some people, they, they have a hard time teaching on this because the way that it's normally taught is like, ah, some pastors and preachers and, and churches, they're like, loving yourself, that sounds like a little new age, weird mysticism, hippie stuff, love yourself. And so, and so, and so I, I understand that there have been drastic extremes when it comes to this concept of loving yourself. Uh, I want to teach how to truly love yourself in a biblical sense. Is it all right if I teach you today? And is it all right if I teach you? I want to teach you how to love yourself in a biblical way because you have, you have believers, Christians, uh, disciples on both sides. You have on the one end people that are believers, but yet they don't like themselves. When you look at the mirror, you don't like what you see, and all you do is put yourself down and compare yourself, but if I had that, if I, if I were only there and doing what the, and you begin to play this game, self-sabotage you continue to perpetuate that hurt and that pain so you have people that just absolutely the thought of loving themselves they can't stand that thought they they, they fight that thought just like how can i love myself i'm <laughs> you know it's crazy can i can i can i can i go in a little bit there are believers been saved but still when they think of themselves i'm nothing but a worthless sinner they talk that way Week after week, I'm not Jesus. You, I'm a worthless sinner. I'm a worm. I'm nothing. I, ah. Though that's true, before Christ, <laughs> before Christ, before Christ, after Christ, He changes your story. That's why the Bible says that if you are in Christ Jesus, you are a new creation. So if you are saved, stop talking to yourself, talking about you're a worthless, good-for-nothing sinner. I'm a worm. I'll never do anything, accomplish anything. I'm helpless. I'm... Stop talking that way. Jesus did not give his life for you to talk that way. So you have on this one end that extreme, and then you have the other extreme where people are too full of themselves. And they become prideful, arrogant, judgmental, self-righteous. You, you create a dynamic where you're on the, on the, on the complete opposite side. And then, and then you just look down at everybody else. So it turns from a thing of, uh, of, of a healthy biblical self-love and realizing, yes, in fact, Jesus did all of this for us. But it's, it's, there's a way to view this from a biblical, healthy way. So here's the thing that I want to share with you. True self-love. If you're taking notes, I hope, I wish I had people that were taking notes. Here's what I want to give you. It says, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is, this is, there is no greater commandment. The first thing that true self-love will make you do, true self-love will make you reflect. True self-love will make you reflect. When you love yourself in a biblical sense, you will reflect that. Oftentimes, we, we can easily find fulfillment in outside things, materials, possessions, promotions, cars. But true self-love is reflecting that my source of love, of hope, my foundation is in the Lord Jesus. So while those things are wonderful, and it's great to have those things, but when you are rooted in the Word of God, and you know that your true identity, and you reflect on who you are in Christ, then it's a thing that you know that your foundation is not in material possessions, promotions, things, or people, but you know that your foundation is in something that is unmovable, the rock of ages, that is the Lord Jesus. That's why you can, uh, I wish I had somebody, that's why you can lose in Jesus, you can lose things, because the Bible doesn't tell us that we're exempt from trials, tribulations, and challenges but the difference is when you're rooted in Christ and not your situations 
You can go through any situation. You can lose money. You can lose cars. You can lose friends. You can lose different things. But you know because you're rooted and anchored in the Lord Jesus, you are always firm because you know that my foundation, my hope, my life, my, what sustains me is in the Lord Jesus. When you reflect and you have true self-love, you reflect on these facts. I wish I had somebody. I'm going to just throw these. I get excited about it. I know I'm teaching right now, and I'm getting ready to preach in approximately 10 minutes. But for this, let me, let me teach. You have to reflect on this fact that you were elected by the Lord Jesus. You have to reflect that you are justified by the Lord Jesus. You have to reflect that you are purified by the Lord Jesus. You have to reflect that you are regenerated by the Lord Jesus. I wish I had a church. Uh, you have to reflect that you are adopted into the family of God through the Lord Jesus. You have to reflect on the fact that you are unified with Christ Jesus, that you have been redeemed. You may have been a good for nothing. You may have been a liar. You may have been a thief. You may have been somebody that used to hurt people before Christ, but now in Christ Jesus, you are redeemed. Anybody glad about it that I used to lie? I used to live. I know, I know some of y'all can't praise because y'all like, Pastor, I'm still struggling right now with that. But if anybody has a testimony that God can and will change your life when you surrender to him and he can and will redeem you. When you reflect on that, that will bring a sense of gratitude in your heart to know that you are redeemed. Anybody glad that you're redeemed today? Anybody glad that my story didn't end when I was when I, where I was before Christ? Anybody glad that your story did not end when you were in your brokenness, when you were in your sin, when you were messed up, when you were jacked up and you were broken? Aren't you glad that your story did not end there? But in fact, you came to the Lord Jesus and he gave you another chance. He gave you life. I wish I had somebody that had a testimony in this place that says I have been redeemed. I have been redeemed. That's reflecting on true self-love. The fact that we have been redeemed, we have been reconciled, we have been sanctified, and ultimately we will be glorified. My God. So true self-love is not just, let me go within. Let me dig deep. Let me, because can I tell you what you think is goodness before the Lord? So this is not for you to reflect on you, because if there's anything good in me, it's the Lord Jesus Christ. When you see, when my wife sees me act up and I get annoyed and I get frustrated, I get upset, she's like, that's, 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 that's Sergio. But when she sees me in the glory of the Lord joyful, she's like, that's the Lord in him. <laughs> so, 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 so this is not a thing of go within deep, because when you start looking within deep, you're going to find some stuff in there. You're not going to want to reflect on that. It's reflecting on what the Lord Jesus has done and the person he's created you to be. He has redeemed you. When you have true self-love, you guard your thoughts. You don't let people and circumstances define who you are but instead you value yourself as a true child of God. If somebody ever called me out of my name, it wouldn't matter because I know who I am. Because when you know who you are, you also know who you are not. Mm. So if you call me something else than a child of God, 
I can't hear it. My ears are closed because I know who I am. When you, when, when you speak to me in a certain kind of tone, I'm like, they, that's not them. That's, that's, they need deliverance. I mean, let me, I'm going to pray for them. I know that's not them because I know, I know who I am. And when you know who you are, you also know who you're not. So you don't live based on, do you know that some people, I know it doesn't happen in this church, but there are people that live based on one opinion from somebody. One word that somebody. So I wish this year, my prayer for you is that you will be rooted in the word of God. To know who you are and to know who you are not. Because the devil is a liar, he will also try to supplant and, 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 and lie to you with thoughts, ideas, and suggestions. He will try to make you question and doubt yourself in God. He would tell you, but you're still the same person. He would tell you you would never be able to serve. He would tell you, you know, you're, still the, you're still stuck where you used to be. But when you know who you are, you know how to cancel and you know how to rebuke some voices. Devil, you are a liar. I am redeemed. I am a child of God. I know that God has called me for great things. I know that my God is with me. Is there anybody in this place that knows who they are? And I've been redeemed. I've been reconciled. I've been a adopted, I am loved, I am a world changer, I know who I am. <laughs> so you reflect on those things. So you guard your mind and your, and, your, and your thoughts. The second thing, true self-love causes you to assess. Not only do you reflect, but you also assess. As you have received freely, give freely. Meaning as in, when you truly love yourself in a biblical way, because you know you're a work in progress, don't hate on people that are a work in progress. I know I have my issues. This is how some conversations go. I know I have my issues, but I'm not that bad. But when you reflect in a true biblical sense and you realize if the Lord has given me grace, if the Lord has forgiven me, it's amazing, it's amazing how much uh, uh, um, when people need grace and when people need forgiveness, I'm talking about they'll beg for it. Forgive me. Have grace. But then when it comes time to give grace, and give forgiveness and give patience. Anybody ever needed some grace in this place, some patience from people, some understanding and some forgiveness? So as you have received freely, give it freely. So true self-love causes you to assess, okay, maybe they're acting that way because of X, Y reason. So you know what? I have needed some understanding before. I've needed grace. I've needed forgiveness. So I can't withhold forgiveness. I can't hold it back. I also have to give because as I received, I should also give unto others. You have to assess. Because a lot of the conflict that you have in friendships is you're doing the comparison of how worse the other person is. But when you realize, I need grace. We are a team. We're called to collaborate. So let's have grace with one another. Let's practice forgiveness. When you, man, you know how incredible a church would be if 
if at the first sight of offense, they didn't immediately go to that and say, I can't stand the church, and I can't stand church people, and I can't stand church leaders. Well, you know how amazing it would be to say, you know what, they also need grace. I'm praying for that. Do you know what that would look like to the world to have a church that, that instead of first going to offense and, and, and fighting and bickering, can you imagine the dynamic of your marriage at the first sight of offense and you, didn't res, and you just didn't react? With your friends, they, they, they said something wrong, they text something, or you know because over text people are, oh Lord have mercy over text. Or email because you can't read people, right? And they text a certain way. What if, can you, it, it would be amazing if you say, you know what, let me, as I've received grace, I've, as I've received love, as I've received forgiveness, let me practice that. It would change and revolutionize when you assess. True self-love is doing that assessment. The last thing is true self-love causes you to connect. Connection is so necessary and so vital. What happens when you begin to practice love, you begin to build a bridge to people. I often say that your strength can impress people, but it's through your vulnerability that connects you to people. When you are gracious and when your heart is open, when you realize I have to love the Lord God with all my mind, my heart, my strength. Some of y'all, even as I'm saying this, y'all may be already saying in your head, but pastor, some people are unlovable. What were you? I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know this is, I know. We all have our moments where we are unlovable, but yet the Lord Jesus loves us. Bible says, despite our sin, the Lord Jesus loved. And so, and so what happens is when you begin to practice true self-love and you begin to honor people because now you know who you are, you begin to honor yourself. You begin to encourage yourself so you encourage others. You begin to pray for yourself so you can pray for others. Now, watch this. This is not, I also want to, this, this, this has to be true biblically. It doesn't mean if you don't have it all figured out that, that you have to wait until you have it all figured out to love some, someone. I want that to be clear. This does not say first love yourself and then you, no, it says love the Lord God with all your strength and it says, it says love your neighbor as yourself. But this is not an excuse for you to say, well, then I don't have to love anybody because I don't love myself. So I, uh, when I get it together, then I'll love. But no, 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 this doesn't work that way. <laughs> this doesn't work that way. You begin to build with people. You begin to build bridges with people. A lot of our issues is we try to do things on our own. And isolation will always, always cause deprivation. You will suffocate in life trying to figure things out on your own. That's why relationships are so important. You begin to build a bridge. Now, connection, grace, trust, forgiveness, understanding, communication. These are all things that build bridges to one another. These are all things that, that make you love the Lord God and love one another, and then all men will know that you're my disciples. These are the things that you need to apply into your relationships and in your dynamics. Connection. Say with me, connection. Connection is so important. Connection is so vital. Because now, and I'm getting ready to close, we're living in a time where many are building walls but not enough bridges. 
I'm fascinated by bridges. Whenever I travel, whenever I'm driving, I love to look at bridges. They, they're fascinating to me. When you look at, when you look at bridges, there's, there's so much that goes into it. You may see a bridge and something that helps you get from one place to the other, but the work that it took for a bridge to be built. A cable, because they're sustained by cables. Those large bridges, if you were to look at uh, for 495 and all these major bridges, they have cables that are able to sustain tons of pressure and weight. When tectonic plates and, 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 and natural disasters shift, the, the bridges are, are, are made and constructed to outlast whatever conditions on the outside. So there are cables that sustain these bridges, and I've studied this, and it's been very interesting, that there are, one cable can be made of 516 interwoven cables, small cables, to be able to withhold one piece of cable that can extend from one end to a bridge to another, like the Woodrow Wilson, is made up of so many interwoven parts in order for it to connect. Where are you going with this, Pastor? And, and my, my 10, just to close this thing out, help me out to preach this thing out. What does that mean? Every experience you've ever been in life, every little thing, the things that you thought that you questioned and you said, why am I going through this? Why did I have to go through that pain? Why did I have to suffer that? Why did I have to endure that? Can I tell somebody in this place that all those pieces were made for you to be able to connect with somebody that may be going through the same thing that you went through? And when you, and when you go with those pieces and when you go with those different scenarios and different situations, it builds a bridge to you and someone else so instead of building a wall you build a bridge I pray for the day that we have a church and I know this is the church I said this is the church that that will be a church that never builds walls but we build bridges when we see somebody that's battling addiction because there's oh my god because there's been an addict in the house that got set free they will say I'm gonna build with that person When you have somebody who's struggled, when you have somebody who's gone through, other people may overlook them because they've never gone through anything. But when you've been through some things, when you've been through some battles, when you've been through some scars, when you've been through anybody, am I talking to anybody in this place? Can I tell you that God will never waste any pain? God will never waste any hurt that you've ever gone through. God will never, every experience, everything that, that brought you to your knees, that made you want to give up. God will and can use those things to build a bridge between you and someone else. So now, what, 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 why is this vital? Because the Lord said, by this all men will know that you are my disciples. But yet in the church, we're just fighting each other. To the point where we can't focus on what's happening on the outside. There's violence going on on the outside, but we're too focused on looking what this person said to me and did to me. It's a trick of the enemy. There's racism going on. There's poverty going on. There's brokenness going on. There's all sorts of issues and trauma happening, but because we're bickering and arguing, we can't do what the Lord has called us to do. But I declare in the name of Jesus that we will be such a unified church. 
I said I prophesy over my own church that we will be a church that will be unified, that we will walk together. Even with our differences, we will stand unified so that we can be light to a world that needs it, so we can be salt on the earth and build bridges with people instead of walls. By this, all men will know that we are his disciples. When we are connected. Look at the person beside you and tell him, we've got to stay connected. Look at the person beside you and tell him, we've got to stay connected. Reflect, assess, and connect. When you truly have self-love, in a biblical sense, and the love for yourself is not rooted in, in anything else but what the Lord has done for you, your business par partnerships will change. Relationships with your coworkers will change. Because instead of cursing them out, you'll begin to pray for them. Because you're in a marriage and, and it's blessed, is of the Lord, but yet there are struggles from the past because they grew up a certain way. But instead of fighting, you say, how can I build a bridge with this person? And how can I, how can side by side, can we walk in this thing? Freely as I received, freely I will give. Once again, thanks so much for tuning into today's message. I pray that it was a blessing to you. I'm so glad that you were able to hear today's message, but can I tell you there's nothing like the live experience. Would you join us on a Sunday afternoon at 1.30? We meet at Greenbelt Middle, 6301 Breezewood Drive in Greenbelt, Maryland. And so I want you to be there. I want you to get connected. You can find out more information on our social media at My Hope Center on every platform. And also you can check out more information at myhopecenter.org. I hope to see you soon. So until until then, peace, love, and God bless.